Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sportsbet BS hotline. State your emergency. Yeah, it's me punters group. Me mate Dave, I reckon he bought in. Okay, hang up now. What? And join Sportsbet's Bet With Mates. It's group betting without all the BS. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. 1-800-858-858. Barrick BMW has a range of pre-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. BarrickBMW.com.au Robot building supplies helping you get the right products for the job at a better price. The Run Home with Andy and Josh. Ah, magnificent to be here. There it is. Great to have your company this Friday afternoon. Nice to be back after a little... Uh, day under the weather yesterday. A magnificent work by Julio to just sidle up alongside... Next time join the A-team, hey, Julio. Let's <laughs> just sidle up alongside you. Wake the saddle cloth on and away you went. He's like a group one performer, that to stoop. Wherever he needs to go, you just plug him in, away he goes, and he gets the job done. How are you, JJ? Um, well, I'm nice well. I just watched a uh, head coach who's five games into his... Coaching career and his own coaching career. He will be, Nathaniel Hackett will be removed from duty uh, in the morning. But apart from that, I am good. How are you? Yeah, How's the no, old no, sore throat? Yeah, no. Had the, you're right, buddy? Had the uh, the golf ball in the back of the throat on Wednesday night. That you, but you're all, right. all good now, oh, Well, yeah, good. No, I don't think I'll get through this. I'm suspect, hey. suspe- well under the pipe too, by the way. He's come back from. Dwayne's gone all fruity. Beg your pardon? Dwayne's gone all fruity. You can say that again. Dwayne's gone all fruity. That was Dwayne saying that about Dwayne. He was clearly reading a text message, was he, from the 40 Wing Stepper text? Hey, uh, Dwayne's gone all fru- fruity. What was that in reference to? Does anyone know? If anyone was listening. No one knows. Because we were busy. Let us know. What was he going fruity about? What were we busy with? Preparing today's show. Oh, what did we prepare? Oh, I've got a lot of stuff going. This is be- <laughs> Kyle Adams coming on. Wild Dan Kyle. O'Sullivan's coming on. Dan McNichol's coming on this half hour to uh, promote the Menangan. Menangatang Cup, which apparently race meetings all over at the eastern seaboard of Australia are either under severe threat or are going to be run on bog tracks tomorrow. We're being told that up your neck of the woods, the Menangatang Cup track. Are you right? I can't say Menangatang. Disrespect the town of Menangatang. Menangatang Cup track is in uh, perfect wording or, working order. So if you're looking for a Admittedly, it's a bit of a drive you know, up up the northwest, but if you're looking for a day out tomorrow, you can fly to Mildura, then just grab a little car. Or yeah, bus. Well, we can just there'll be buses going from Mildura to Menangatang. Get in a car with a couple of your mates tomorrow. Maybe stay yeah. up there tonight, pitch a tent somewhere stay in Swan Hill. Yeah, beautiful uh, 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 accommodation options. Back to uh, Swan Hill, Jakey, our man, who a uh, race caller who's mm, not going to yeah, get through it. Yeah. He he's retiring soon, very soon. We should get him on. Well, we should and see what he thinks of. That audio? That's no, I don't think I'll get through yeah. this. Hello, Yatesy, where are you? We That's need you, mate. That's actually a great idea. Why don't we plan to do that on Monday? Well, I thought about it a few hours ago, then I forgot until I just heard him. But what he's a- retiring, and clearly has had a very, very long, long, long career as the race caller at Globe Derby Park in Adelaide. Well, that that audio, in fact, here we go. It's going to. We're going to set Rod a bit of a task here. Well, that is as arguably that is as famous slash infamous a piece of sporting commentary that we've ever heard. 
particularly on this radio station, he gets a bit of a run around. What is uh, not not Wendy gets a bit of a not go. Bruce McAvaney calling Kathy Freeman's four hundred? Not not the best sports commentary you've ever heard. But what's the most iconic um, sports commentary you've ever heard? Gets it to Judd. 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 The Blues have kicked another one. You, you, you pro- right? You probably put that alongside McAvaney. Talk about unprofessional. You probably put that alongside McAvaney more than you do Jakesy. But uh, if you've got a Jakesy-esque type piece of commentary, Rod, we'll, we'll, we'll set him the task. Uh, he may be able to and he may not be. He's a wonder and he's in good form after being on the buttons already for three hours. But if you've got one of those that you can't get enough of, Mm. Just out of left field sort of sports commentary, like he th- tried to throw the leg over. You know when he, he the the um the cricketer Christopher Martin Jenkins or whoever it was Henry. Remember the bloke who got run stumped and he was oh he's trying to throw his leg over and he didn't quite manage it. Do you know that one? Oh, you're looking at me. Mm. Oh. See, I keep forgetting I'm oh, dealing with a child. Lead balloon. <laughs> I'm working with someone who's 11 years old uh, and has heard nothing. Anyway, have you got a nomination for us? Share it with us. Uh, are they going to race at Sydney tomorrow? You're our guru. Are they? You're part of the SEN track fraternity. I tell you, are we racing? It's at not Sydney? only the horse flesh that's in trouble; it's the horse power. And I'm talking about we're having a little look at oh yeah the Bathurst uh, practice. I think it might even be a, might a, be a race. No, no, no. I think it's one of the different um, yeah, classifications classifications mm. of vehicle, but it is terribly wet. It's been hosing like serious. We had a couple of big serious dumps here today. Of rain. Did it also rain? Of rain. <laughs> and who knows what sort of damage if it's done any more damage to Caulfield? Caulfield will probably be, would that be a? What do we go down to in slows oh, these drain. days? Before if it we doesn't rain between now and tomorrow, it'll mm-hmm. be soft six or seven. Okay, there you go. Uh, but what what uh, are you hearing about Sydney tomorrow? Big trouble. Big That's a shame. Hundred mils or something. That's a real shame. What's Which the feel? Four inches in your language. In the old? <laughs> the old. In the old. Oh, yeah, that's what I meant. Your language. Uh, so, um, well, that's a shame, isn't it? It's the big one tomorrow, isn't it? It's Everest. No, no, next week. Next week, right. Next week, uh, buddy. Thank you. Oh, geez, you're throwing a few champs and buddies tomorrow at me. Tomorrow is. Clearly, you'd think that I'm. You, there's a bit of. I'm sensing a bit of resentment. You don't think that I was crook yesterday, do you? Uh, no. No, I'm, you think I'm, I'm taking a day I'm off. I'm disappointed though. he didn't listen to us. Well, I had two sick kids at home, mate. Like two kids that were crook as dogs yesterday. I didn't have a lot of time in amongst my own pain and suffering to just sit around and have a listen to you and Ollie over three the, hours. Flip the app on. <laughs> oh, yeah, carry the phone around. Listen to you pocket. blokes dissect the Tanner Bruin trade while i got mm. kids throwing up. All it's coming out both ends. No, it wasn't oh. much fun. And they'll be happy that I'm passing that oh. sort of information on. Uh, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Feel free to join us. Malcolm Knox is going to join us later on. I don't know whether you've read his column, but he's written a column in the Age today, and the headline did catch my eye. Essendon and Manly were great at winning if only they'd stuck to football. Now Malcolm Knox is a deep uh, and uh, modern thinker on sport, and he goes beyond the um, the bottom line, which is the scoreboard, uh, as he assesses sports and sports people and sports clubs. Yep, and he's he's written. After what we've seen at Hawthorne, Sydney United and Essendon in the last three weeks, he's talking about how in, in, a, in a number of different angles that he's taking, one of the angles is um, how well-equipped clubs are to do both, footy clubs, that is, to do both. Be hell-bent on winning premierships, which is their core business, but also be 
moral catchment areas, if you like, for um, some of the big issues confronting society. And can they can they be good at both? That's sort. That's I'm kind of really dumbing down what Malcolm's column's about. He'll join us a bit later on. But he said this in amongst this really, really good read in the age in the Sydney Morning Herald today. The intersection, call it a five-way pile-up, of religion, free speech, minority rights, virtue signalling and sports washing are repeatedly coming together in the ugliest public collisions, benefiting precisely no one. Was any vulnerable life saved by Manly's rainbow? Has the Thorburn matter left anyone feeling more included, more safe at Essendon? And he sort of explains prior to that and after it uh, where he's going with, with the open-ended nature of his column. But it did get me thinking. What do you, after the last three weeks we've had with Hawthorne, the Australian mm-hmm. Cup and, and Essendon finishing off this week, what do, you, what, what do you want your sport footy clubs to do? What do you want them to be? Are we? How much of us are happy for our sports clubs to take on um, some of these, you know, these big societal issues and lend their considerable number? i.e., you know, seventy to one hundred thousand members to a cause, and the you know the, the the brand collateral that comes with some of these big rugby league and AFL clubs. Mm-hmm. Do you do, do you want your club to commit to these and and to hell with whatever the consequence? No matter who you're going to exclude, who you're going to include, who you're going to upset, who you're going to bring along, all of the collateral that comes with it. Are you happy with? Are you happy with with your clubs taking on these? If you like causes, mm. one I'd love to hear from people. Uh, yes, let's let's. I'll get to you in a moment on your thoughts on yeah. all of that. But yeah. a few people have already jumped on the line uh, with a couple of bits of famous commentary. Peely's one of those down in beautiful Inverley. Do you get any rain down your way today, Peely? Bucketing down radar. Mm. Plenty, but uh, pretty pretty good now. Pretty good. good. Hopefully, we can get on for cricket tomorrow. Well, no. Uh, well, if you're on the synthetics, it's your only hope. But my old stamp, you know, they were called off two days ago, the ESCA. The way it's going here, they won't play until mid-November. They've got no hope of getting some of the turf yeah, decks up, up and running. Um, give us a bit of your, your commentary, the sort of left-of-centre commentary that you, always tickles your fancy, Peely. Yeah, I've got a couple, actually, uh, JJ Radar. First one, Sandy Roberts. Not necessarily a bit of commentary, but he was a commentator yeah. introducing uh, Leanne Dick as, as a, something else. Yes. And in fact, we still have Miss Australia with us in uh, Leanne Cock and uh, Leanne Dick, I should say. <laughs> there it is, but still, Peely, there it is, right? Like we've heard, how many times do you reckon you've heard that? Oh, 50, and 50 at least. It still makes and you I love laugh. it. It still makes you laugh. It's hilarious. You got yeah. another one? Yeah. Yeah, SEN's own, actually. Um, I don't reckon you're going to play this one out loud, but Jared Healy, <laughs> he. Mispronounced the Gold Coast yes, son. Yes, um, we can't play on that. On Fox Footy, I think. Yeah, we can't play that, Peely. Uh, but we uh, we all heard it, and we're nodding in approval. And yes, it was one of those moments. Uh, good luck tomorrow. Hopefully, you get on. And if you do, um, peel off a few. You like that? His name's Peely. Peel off a few. It's not bad. Thank you. Tom, you didn't get that yesterday from Julio, did you? Uh, a bit of love for Julio on the uh, oh, of 40 weeks temper. Of course there is. <laughs> Watch your back. Oh, of course I will. Watch your oh, I don't doubt it, mate. Back. No, no, there's, the grass is always greener. Tom's in Taylor's. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, uh, 
short. <laughs> yeah, right. Thin skinned. Tom's in Taylor's Lakes. Uh, give us your bit of left field commentary, Tommy. Insecurity. Oh, yeah. Hey, boys. Uh, I've got one from England. So I think it's 1998, I think it was. English Super League between Castleford and Wigan. Yeah. And I think the commentator's name was Mick Morgan. And he's gone, some bloke's gone whack on the field and he did not like it. And he's absolutely given it to this bloke. It is the, one of the funniest pieces of commentary I think I've ever heard in my life. Can we find, is it findable? Yeah, if you go and type in Castleford versus Wigan yep. on YouTube, the first thing that you'll find in it's, uh, right it's right. hilarious. Right, right. Rod's on the task. Castleford, is it full of bad language or can we play it on the wireless? It should be fine, mate, unless you can, can't say dirty git, but I think that'll be all right. Okay, look, the, that'll uh, do. I think that'll be okay. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Uh, Dave's in Melton. Welcome to the show, David. Being a loyal listener of yours for all these years, I wondered if you are feeling any stab pains in your back at home yesterday because oh. Josh Trader Dinkins yeah. was saying how much more Julio was bringing to this time <laughs> slot. Which yeah, I bought. Stand by it right at the moment too. Thank you, Dave. Thank you very I'll stand much. Stand by that right no, at the moment. No, no, no. Clearly, uh, that was the level of fan engagement and listener engagement. Had I didn't get one message regarding any of that yesterday. But Dave, you have been a loyal listener from day one, uh, and I appreciate the intelligence that you are bringing to uh, the opening fifteen minutes of the show today. Very interesting. Mm, no, I've been nothing but a massive supporter of yours, and this is the who's mine or yours Dave's? and Dave's, but particularly yours in this case. And this is the gratitude I get, is it? Oh, she's a dog-eat-dog world, <laughs> as you're uh, finding out. Deary me. Stewie's in Braybrook uh, at 16 past three. Good afternoon to you, Stuart. Yeah, good hang on, gents. It's, uh, it's a bit, bit wet out here, but other than that, going very well, thank yeah, you. Yeah, geez, it came down hard earlier, didn't it? It was really thumping down. Didn't it? Yeah, so I drive for a living and the wheels were half deep along some of the major roads, but anyway. Yep. Look, I, I just wanted to make a quick comment on... You know, you ask the question, should organisations such as footy clubs get behind um, causes and, and things like that? Well, of course they should. Mm. I mean, the community and, and, and the world as such develops in a, a greater level of tolerance towards these things every day. My, my only word of warning is I think we should be a little bit careful um, about about the way in which we have a look at people's actions over a period of time and then at a point in time when attitudes have changed, we then go back and retrospectively judge them against their behaviour of five years ago or ten years ago. Yep. And I think that's dangerous. And I think we get caught up a lot of, in that as a, as, as, a, as, a, as a community and as a society. When things happen ten years ago, they maybe sit a little more comfortably or they sit a little bit under the line where we've developed to. Ten years later, when you write them on a piece of paper and you say them out aloud, they sound atrocious. I think that's a really, I think it's a really insightful point you make, Stuart. I mean, in the case of, if, if you do apply that to Andrew Thorburn mm. this week, um, he had the opportunity, didn't he? If, he? if he really wanted to keep the Essendon CEO's position, he, he did have an opportunity, I suspect, to, you know, separate himself from the position that his church holds it's, on a couple of pretty yeah, dicey well, matters. That's the read. That's yeah. the read. But uh, he, and he, within his rights, chose the, chose the church. So. Where do players sit on it? We'll get to uh, – Jamie and Dominic, stay with us. We'll get to you after the break. Oh, we'll get to you quickly after the break, and then we'll get to Adam McNichol. Just from the players' perspective with this stuff, 
And when I say stuff, I say that with absolute respect. When you go to a footy club and, for example, you go to Carlton and Carlton Respects is, you know, they're, they're one of their big programs that they support. Do you get a say as a player in how much visibility you want to have um, of yourself attached to and participation mm. with these programs? Or are you just expected to be part of it? I think you're expected to be a part of something. Mm. Uh, the the cats were really good in now a lot of my time as a player at Geelong was spent under COVID restrictions, yeah, so course, not yeah. much access to anyone. But they do do a good job of trying to put the ball in your court and asking you, well, what 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 do you have an interest in? Yeah. So I was I was one who was interested in uh, Cyber Cats, which was an online bullying uh, program. Yep. You know, going to schools and teaching kids about. You know, blocking and turning things off or not necessarily, if you can't handle it, to not have it and all yep. these types of different things. So, yeah, I, there is an expectation, though, on, on I think, all players, which is probably not fair mm. on some, mm. particularly almost can be uh, counterintuitive if you force something on someone. Well, you look at Hanoon, Zareka and Manly, you've uh, seen what's happened in yeah, those, right. you know, so... You force yeah. something, even even something a lot more subtle. You force something on someone. Uh, you know, you force a player to go and read a, a book at a, at a kid's school mm. and they mm. don't want to do it. Well, you know, it ends, can be, it's not dramatic yeah, no, or well, serious. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can do more know, harm than good yeah, sometimes. I mean, yeah, the kids. And it can be small time. Like, it's not a big issue. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm with you. That's So, uh, it's the same with anything. If you've got passion for something, you'll be, you'll put more in and yeah, yeah, hopefully yeah. be good at it. So... Let's get a break. It's 20 past three. Malcolm Knox will join us after five to have a chat about his column. And if, you know, there's an appetite to have a conversation off the back of it regarding those issues, we'll certainly do it there. Jamie and Dominic, your calls. Adam McNichol, the, uh, who's running the Menangatang Cup. There you go. That's Bang. Uh, going to join us to tell us all about it when we come back. Adam McNichol, not too far away from joining us. Jamie's in Frankston. Hey, Jamie, we, who knows? We might get a piece of unforgettable commentary from the Menangatang Cup tomorrow, but... Out of left field commentary, what's the one that always tickles your fancy? Oh. Uh, there's one that uh, was raining at Lord's and the curator uh, pops up on the screen and Mark Ward decides to go with his uh, nickname and full name and uh, first name Mike, oh, last no. name Hunt. And uh, the boys try to get him to say it again. It's very funny. Right. Oh, I've never oh. seen that, but... Uh... Yeah, no, that's fraught with danger, Jamie. Dominic's in Sydney. What do you got for us, Dom? Hey, mate, it's not so much left field. It's more um, the greatest commentary uh, in football match, but probably Martin Tyler's um, call on Aguero's yeah, goal. Not so much the call, but the silence after it. He, he allows the crowd noise to take a hold, and it just creates a moment. Uh, it's it's in the it's on the Pantheon, I reckon. It's if you have you know, the uh, podium, I should say. If you got to pick a top three in our lifetime, or, or, that call of that goal and that moment, and the way that everything led up to it. Do you remember? You can't remember it, can you? Uh, I know Martin Tyler's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was absolutely sensational. I don't know who's calling. Adam McNichol will know it. I don't know what his role is. I know he's written a magnificent book about uh, Menangatang and particularly the Menangatang Cup. Hey, Adam, it's on tomorrow. We want to know more about it. But who's calling the who's calling the time honoured race tomorrow? Be Rick Mack, wouldn't it? Oh, it's definitely Rick Mack. I'd say there'd be something 
would go horribly wrong, boys, if Rick Mack's not in the uh, in the caller's booth tomorrow. Well, he's provided some golden moments for us over the journey, hasn't he? Particularly down at Warrnambool, he's given us some unforgettable moments of left-field commentary. Oh, he has indeed. Don't worry about that. And he's called the, uh, the last two times we've raced, 2018 and 2019, he's called a horse called Not To Know that has won the Menangatang Cup in both years. Now, it might not be exactly a pat on the back for the standard of racing at Menang to say that Not To Know only won two races in 12 months and they were both Menang Cup. Is it back again or not? No, no. I think it would be about 15 years old now after a couple of years old. <laughs> so, so, hey, so tell but, us. Uh, we t- love all the horses that come to the name. So tell us about the appetite for it, Adam. I mean, we, you know, the COVID thing. We know what we all went through, and you're a long way away. You're closer to jo- uh, Josh's stomping ground than than ours. But tell us about the appetite for the day tomorrow, given the fact that you know you've gone without it for for a couple. Oh, I tell you what, people are so excited up here, everyone. And we get people from all over Australia come to the races. I mean, we do like to think we're rather an iconic little meeting. The name (laughs) Menangatang is one that people just seem to know all over Australia. And the old saying, they're racing at Menangatang. But um, we've got so many people that are just so keen to come back. We've got the free camping going, and we've already probably got about 20-odd caravans out We've got, um, yeah, just, you know, the volunteers. It's funny, people have spoken about how hard it's been to get footy clubs going again and things like that. I think for a once-a-year race meeting, it's actually been a lot easier. The two years off, people freshened up and they just realised how much they miss it and how much they love an event like this. And we've had so many people come and and help out. We just can't wait for tomorrow. And the, the joint looks an absolute picture because it hasn't stopped raining for about six months. Hey, uh, Adam, uh, there's plenty of local trainers making the way, particularly for the Cup. I'm just having a look through the fields. Hobbs, Nathan Hobson, Austy Coffey, uh, Con Kelly's got a few in. Uh, there are plenty of uh, locals as well. You've got buses running from towns to get people to and from. Yeah, we have. We love Austy Coffey's work. We love all those boys that uh, bring their horses over to Manang, but we've got buses running from Swan Hill, from Oyen, and Tully Buck, and yeah. um, we've got a we get a heap of netball trips and footy yes. trips, yeah, because we're very nicely positioned just after the footy and netball season. So we've got uh, netball trips from Skipton, Golgo, Witcherproof, wow, uh, all those classic country uh, outposts. The Skipton girls in 2019, I'll tell you what, were best on by an absolute <laughs> mile. So the pressure's on them tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. A few, few, uh, a few marriages were forged uh, oh, early, early oh, beginnings from the Manangatang oh, Cup. I've kind of, yeah, both ends of the spectrum. Uh, uh, what, what are we what are we looking at from a from a weather point of view? You said it's been raining, but what are we looking at tomorrow? A bit of sun come out up there in the Mallee, surely. Yeah, the good news is sunny and seventeen tomorrow. It's going yeah. to be a magnificent day. It has been a little hair raising during the week as uh, we've had a couple of fairly decent storms. But uh, our track has been inspected twice, and it was inspected again this morning. Um, it's all good to go. So the weather tomorrow is going to be beautiful. We did get a fairly nasty shower last night for a few minutes. and uh, But, yeah, all the water, this is a mallee, sandy ground. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the water tends to disappear pretty quickly. So we're, we've got very lucky with the weather, it's got to be said. It's... Uh, it's going to be beautiful. So, Adam, if people are thinking, hey, that sounds like a day, like, oh, well, let's get the car ready and, you know, the techs between a few mates are rolling around now. And they're, yeah, we've got a four-hour drive in front of us. No worries. We'll hit the road early and 
What, what's the best plan of attack if, from an accommodation perspective for, need to set, set themselves up for the night somewhere? Is, it, is there a chance anywhere or not? What are you laughing? What are you laughing at? Go ahead, Adam. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you what. Well, <laughs> we've, we've, got the, we've got free camping here. If you bring your own gear, yeah. throw a tent in the boot, get a few mates together, jump in the car, come up halfway, stop at the Witcherproof Bakery, one of the all-time great country bakeries, Get yourself a coffee and a pie. Push on up to Manang. Yeah, you can get tickets at the gate. No dramas there. And then, yeah, set up your tent. Come over to the bar and have a great day. I'll tell you what, we're going to have about 3,000 people here tomorrow. Yeah. And when you think that the latest census showed the population of Manangatang's about 180, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a fair old weekend in the old town. Should have told him it was 180 before he asked to stay at the Hilton. He was going to come up, our man, Mr. Uh, Mo. I've got until, plenty of tents at my job, mate. Thought you, mate. you, thought you yeah, could so stay at the Grand Hyatt. Just reckon it's... No, well, Mac and mentioned the fact that there's free camping. So yeah, put the swag out. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, tell me, is there, for the 180 legit residents of Manang, is there a VIP-type section that if they bring proof of address, uh, they get access to? <laughs> no, there isn't, oh, I've got to say. And there's about 180 population if they're all home. Um, right. But, um, yeah, look, they, it's, it's a great reunion for Manangatang. That's the thing. Um, you don't, for the, the community of Manang, you don't have to worry about, gee, are we, are we going to have a, some kind of reunion this year? Because there's one every year. And it's the, uh, it's the mighty Manang races. So my sister's bringing a crew of about 30 of her mates up from Melbourne. Brilliant. That's the sort of thing that goes on. There's a lot of... Uh, expats that come up and, and uh, grab a mini marquee or three. And, um, yeah, no, the locals, I mean, they, they, they're they unreal, the locals. They all come down for the last week. They've all been on ride on mowers, whippersnippers. Brilliant. And uh, setting up tables and chairs and all sorts of things. And then they still pay to get in. So mm. how good is that? Hey, uh, yeah. Before we let you go, can you help us out with a winner of the Nutrient Ag Manangatang Cup, 2,000-metre race, race number seven. It goes four minutes to five tomorrow. Have you got the winner for us? <laughs> no, look, I've got to admit, that's the bit where my knowledge base comes. Oh. It's all right. uh, lacking. You might want to get a horse racing expert on to take. Well, he's, he's, I'm talking to one <laughs> on right the, now. Uh, he... I've got the Facebook page kicking over, and I've got the uh, – and, and I've just told old Bunter to just stop uh, – Stop mowing down the uh, patients here as he's going to flat out on the right on lawnmower down the main straight. But um, yeah, in terms of picking the winner of the cup, I'll just be throwing a dart at the dartboard. <laughs> oh, mate, have a great day. Been having a go. Have a great. It's uh, there's there's going to be hundreds of these stories, you know, around the place of these you know these time honoured and much loved events that are you know coming back uh, with crowds and they're going to be. Um, cherished by many of those who hold them dear, mate. So it sounds like your day's going to be right uh, in the heart of uh, Heartland of one of those. So hopefully it's a cracking day. Thanks for telling us all about it. 100%, boys. Thanks so much for the support. And it's just so great to have all these community events back. It's going to be massive tomorrow. Yeah, good on you, mate. Adam McNichol, great friend of the radio station and the show, the Menangatang Cup. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Dan O'Sullivan's going to continue the racing theme in the next half hour. But mm. what's your favourite country race meeting? Have you had one that has been a staple for you and the family, or you and friends for a while? Have you been to one that you've been to once or twice? And you, you know what? Now that they're back, I'd love to get back to that meeting. If you've got a really special one, um, give us a call. Tell us all about it. One three hundred seven three six seven three six.
Uh, we're here for Robot Building Supplies. Robot's got it. And Berwick BMW, Berwick BMW, pre-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. In the final and on in a game. Oh, and the If you've got an bottle, Campbell, it should walk. <laughs> that was absolute diabolical. He's going to be yellow card. I can't speak. You ballless get Campbell. <laughs> you dickhead. <laughs> Are you right? It's outstanding stuff. That's Castleford Wigan. We had the caller in the first half hour telling us about that bit of commentary. Uh, he lost his mind. So uh, did. Well, that was funny. I know you don't have a you don't have a humour valve like you are humorless. Nothing makes you laugh. I was I'm trying. That was to, golden commentary. If you can't enjoy that, there's something was, wrong with you. I that. was focused. I was working my way through our uh, forty winks temper text. Oh, I, what are they give, What are they giving us? Any oh, any any country uh, race meetings? Are... Cup, picnics, Mornington races, Menangatang Cup. Um, Anyone been to Merton? The Merton picnic meeting. It's I think it's on New Year's Day. Yeah, special day. Been to the Barham Beat Cup on New Year's Day. Nice part of the world. Got a uh, border collie from Barham Beat one day. Little oh, little farm dog. Brutal, gravurtal. No, no, no. When I was before I had children, magnificent little dog, mm. superb animal. Uh, we went to. I tell you, we went on the plane one day. Mm. Me and Scotty Cummings, and was Coons on it? I can't remember. But for Hutchie's Saturday show, up to the up to Mount Beauty for yeah, the de- yeah, for yeah, yeah. Uh, Ben McAvoy country, the oh. Dettering the Dettering Cup at Mount Beauty. A magnificent place. Absolutely, you will not find a more picturesque racing um, racetrack than Mount Beauty. You lose them out the back. They sort of go down a dip and behind the bushes, and you can't see anything. What are you <laughs> the laughing safety at? Safety cars oh. crashed. So we, we've said the scene before. It is hosing down at Panorama. <laughs> oh no! Oh, no, 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 no. one house. Oh. Explain what you're seeing here, because this is kind of. Oh, what, that would have been. Ah, oh, that's ruined the moment. It has ruined the moment. Oh, yeah. Um. Well, not that we wanted the safety car to crash, by the way. It was but, funny. Yeah. Uh, Mount Panorama, Bathurst. There's a support race on. She looks worried. Uh, Until she saw herself on telly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number six, car number six, Musurus. In the, uh, I'm not sure what classification this is, but he's had a, an almighty shunt. Car number six, where they were sit- situated in the. No, they weren't in the top 25. So. Uh, that's a serious shunt into but when the wall. You come down, so but it is hammering down. So when you come down uh, Conrod Strait and you, t- you do that 90-degree turn into the into Home Strait, yep. that corner, which you've seen people lose it on that corner and go into the into the gravel pit uh, straight ahead, that corner, what do you reckon they're doing to your eye? What speed do you reckon they're doing coming out of that corner? About 80 coming Ks? Out. Yeah, about 80 Ks coming yeah, out of that corner. 80, 90. They're coming, this, the, 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 it is half-wheel deep, the puddle they're going through. Yeah. It, there is a massive tail spray that they are throwing when they come in. That's how much water has fallen think, at the bottom of I that hill. I would think they're in danger of not not the not the uh, one thousand on Sunday, but the support races are in in danger of perhaps not. If you are, if you're at Bathurst, oh, if you are, give us a call. If you're at Bathurst, yeah. give us a call. But if you've got plans on going, give us a call as well because you mightn't see much. Well, we're just watching the vision from the in car camera that they've set you. And I must say, Channel 7's coverage of the motorsport. There we go. Well, it is. It's as good as nah, it gets. It is. No, it's outstanding. It is. So Sky, got... Sky Sports is pretty good with the F1s, but 
Well, they do a magnificent job too. But I'm just talking about what they do here at Bathurst yeah. every yeah, year. Yeah, with, yeah, not yeah. that I watch too many supercars. But you're watching the vision from inside that car. Well, one of the cars doing that lap at the moment. How far in advance could you – if you could see – more than 80 metres in front of you at, and going at the sort of speeds that they're going at. That's that, how treacherous that's it is it, up there at the moment. That's frightening. Yeah, terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Uh, let's get to break. Dan O'Sullivan, he's got a good one going around oh, the guineas yeah. tomorrow, hasn't he? Barclays Square. Right, we'll find out. Oh. We'll find out from a man who's from one of the great racing families uh, how his three-year-old is shaping up for the mile, $3 million mile classic at Caulfield tomorrow. Uh, massive days racing tomorrow, obviously headlined by the Caulfield Guineas. Dan O'Sullivan uh, has got a very, very significant chance in one of the most important races uh, on the Australian racing calendar. And he's been good enough to join us to tell us all about it. Daniel, uh, thanks for joining us on the show. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me. How's, how's Barkley Square looking? Yeah, he's terrific. No, he's had... Uh... Everything's gone to plan. We've gone. We're four weeks between runs, and uh, all his work's been as normal as you can get it. I didn't want anything, you know, exceptional or anything worse, and uh, everything's gone along, um, you know, really well. Dan, good luck. First of all, absolutely uh, no concerns with now. Hearing people suggesting Golden Mile was all out at the fourteen hundred, got to step up to the mile. No concerns over the mile, and no concerns over uh, a soft deck. We're on a soft seven at the moment, but. No queries over the trip and the track as it stands. No, not not for my bloke. No, he he'll be he'll be strong at the. He's uh, looking for the sixteen hundred, no doubt. Um, he's never he's, like he's on a soft seven. That's fine. We haven't been worse than that. So um, I hope the range. Hopefully the range finished now. It's like blue sky up here at Ballarat at the moment. So I hope it's all gone, gone way by. I hope it doesn't get any wetter. Because just sometimes it gets wetter like that. They start getting off the fence and the races get messy and mm. you can be pretty unlucky. Pretty unlucky. The races, you know, the tracks are good, and it's a it's a fair deck for everybody. Everyone seems seems to keep their lines better. Mm. Um, yeah, if someone wants to get outs out wider. Sometimes it can can make someone else be unlucky, just not us. So um, anyway, we've got to deal with that. That's right. Where where'd you get this bloke from? Is he who who uh, was he a homebred or where where'd you pick this fella up from? Yeah, no, he, he's a homebred. Um, David Peacock, a quite a mine from Adelaide. Yep. He bred him. Um, I actually trained the mother, um, and. He actually got very sick as a as a foal. He, he they didn't think he'd ever be a racehorse, uh, even in stages with the, whether he'd even live. Um, he went down to Mill Park here in South Australia, down at Meningi, down down on the uh, Limestone Coast, where they did a good job nursing him back to health. And um, he got he got gelded as quite a young horse, and never went through a sale or anything like that. Um, and so yeah, David just sent him over to me and said, uh, basically, good luck. You got a big big gangly buggy here, see what you can do. And when you hear stories, because, you know, there were some stories flying around, Dan, that, you know, there was interest in, in the horse from, you know, um, you know, syndicates overseas. And you know you've got a pretty, or you think you've got a pretty good one on your hands. How twitchy do you get about the prospect that, you know, the money coming for him might just be too good for the owner to refuse? Yeah, no, you, look, it's... Um... Yeah, you, you do. Look, it even you get twitchy because it's making the horse worth a lot of money. Yeah, so it adds, it adds more pressure to to what you what you're trying to do. Every time, every time you, you produce this bloke, you don't want to devalue him. Um, so you know any wrong move you make, any you know making sure you're walking through gates straight, where you're not taking out hips or mm-hmm. you know stepping in potholes, going up the track, work all that sort of stuff. It puts a new emphasis on all that. Um, but you know, David reassured me pretty early on that he wasn't going to sell him. Um, he's got you know a lot of the family coming through still. And um, what he's what he would have made out of selling this horse overseas, he he'll he'll recoup that by selling the progeny later on. So not not this bloke's progeny, but his sisters that he's yep. got, and 
another fault that the mothers are going to have and the daughters are going to have. So he'll still make good revenue out of uh, out of the progeny. Uh, who who are you uh, not most scared of? But who who are the uh, who are the main dangers to uh, to your bloke? You're the second favourite on the market, four dollars sixty golden mile for Godolphin, who are airborne at the moment. It is the favourite. But uh, who do you see as your main dangers? I fully respect Golden Miles. Uh, like his, his performance been been pretty good. He did a lot of work the other day to be. He was told to be a bit weak late, um, but he still did a lot of work early in the race. But look, a lot of respect to all the other horses coming through. Um, some of them will, will improve stepping up to the mile. You know, some have got blinkers added on. Um, a lot of these horses, this would be their, their target race, so they'll pick tomorrow. They'll probably improve off some of their past performances. So. Uh, no, respect to the, the whole field, to be honest. Talking to Dan O'Sullivan about tomorrow's huge meeting at Caulfield for the Monopoly game at Macca's. It's back in full swing. you got C. Williams on board, Dan. He's, you know, as renowned a track walker and strategist and tactician as just about any jockey going around. Um, you'll be seven races deep into the meeting by the time you get there, so you'll have some idea as to if the track's playing a certain way. How much do you engage with, with Craig in terms of you know what you want to have done with the horse, or do you just kind of leave it to him? No, nah, he'll have all that sussed out. Yeah. Um, he'll you know he'll have his plans. He'll have plan A, B, C, and D. You know, and uh, look, he knows the horse. I think it's if if there's something you know one of the things I got right, I got Craig on board pretty early. Yep. Um, and he's had nothing but positive feedback and very confident in the horse's ability. Uh, and as you say, there's no one does you know that, that's why him and the D Olivers and these folks are, are so good. They do all their homework. They walk the tracks. Uh, they handle pressure unbelievably well. Um, so I mean, probably time they go out to leave the mountain yard, go out. I'll be probably shaking in my boots and dribbling right. and saying we call all, all calm and take it all in stride. You know? so, so how big you've been doing this? You've been in this caper for a long time, Dan. Am I right in saying of all the wins you've had, and you've had like six hundred of them? Have you ever had a Group One win as a trainer? No, no, I've never had a Group One win as a trainer. Um, I think it's I think it's three Group Twos or four 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 Group Twos. I think three Group One placings, but um, I haven't been able to get that um, that one across the line. Yeah, so, what, um, what would it mean? Be, it, it, yeah, what would it mean to it's you? It's like ask, ask, asking a footballer what to like win a premiership. You know, right. it just you can't. I don't think you can ever explain it until you get there, mm. uh, until you do it. So, uh, it certainly be it'll, it'll be big. And it's you know I've been in, I've been I've been working as Cape since I was fifteen. Been training now for twenty two years. Um, and, um, you know, it would certainly be a big thing. And not, not only for me, but for, for my staff and for my family yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And, you, and, you're, and you're loyal supporters who have had horses with you all that time and, and had the faith in you. So it's not, it's not just about me. It's about, you know, everybody else. And um, even, you know, David could have sold the horse, um, you know, and they could have sent, get the horse to anyone else to train. But fortunately, it's landed on my place and we've been able to deliver the, deliver the good so far. Uh, will you sleep? I know you trainers work pretty hard and sleeping's not usually difficult, but tonight might be different. Will you get plenty of sleep tonight or will you be up all night thinking about <laughs> Barclay Square just giving them a beating in the guineas? I'll, no doubt I'll toss and turn a few times, but uh, we might have, might have to have a few nerves set with tonight oh, to make yeah, things... Like it. Uh, to, yeah, to, to, to you know, make sure I get a good night's sleep. But um, no, we'll be up and about tomorrow. It's, it's certainly a big day, and um, just to, nice getting on the float and get down there safely. And um, you know, that's all. <laughs> that's always a big one for me. Get, just the, the, the drive down from Ballarat to we get down into that Melbourne traffic. And no one cares what's on the back of the float. You know, the folks <laughs> cut in front of you, cutting you off, all that sort of stuff. That drives me pretty mad. But. They're the things I'll think about. Mate, get out of Dan O'Sullivan's way if you're on the road. You'll have thousands with you, mate. Good luck tomorrow. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. A bit going on in the world of footy. We'll obviously spend some time in the next 30 minutes uh, pulling apart all of that sort of stuff.
Uh, and feel free to join in one three hundred seven three six seven three six between now and six to all of the loose ends that haven't been tied up yet. JJ, I want you to cast your eye over the ones that are still got ends open um, from the start of this trade period through to the end of the first week. And you can start to tell us what we need to know about all of that and what's likely to get done and not just look into your crystal ball and tell us all of that. Sure thing. But you've been looking over my left-hand shoulder uh, on the mm. screen behind us and keeping an eye on everything that's going on at... Yes, I'm enthralled. ...at Bathurst. And we've seen more of the safety car uh, at the moment than we have of any racing. I'm not even sure what category is out on the track at the moment. Richard Crow will know that. He's the editor of the Race Talk and Motorsport, uh, Frontline Motorsport commentator. It'll be a voice well-known to everybody here at 1116 SEN. Is trackside... Uh, hey, Richard, how treacherous is it at Mount Panorama at the moment? And thanks for coming on for a chat. Oh, Richie. What? We've just got a bit of a lag there. And we've Head got up some, to the top of the we've hill, got some Richard. issues with the uh, phone line. So very, very keen. And needs to walk to, to the top of Mount Panorama. Well, if any conditions are ever likely to interfere with a strong um, uh, phone line, it's the conditions that we're seeing at, uh, at Bathurst right now. The coverage that's being done on Seven, uh, they've got their frontline commentators now working the screens, talking about the risk and reward What's of his name, the Titans. Ah, uh, yeah, no, I'll get to that. Oh. We got, oh, I know his name. <laughs> I do. He's a former. Yeah, no, they've got it's Brad Jones. No, it's Brad guys. Jones. That's Brad Jones right now who's doing is that, that. Definitely Brad Jones. That is Brad Jones who's doing that right now. But Richard Crail, yeah. I think we've got Richard Crail back. Hey, Richard, we'll give it another go. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate. Hey, Bob, the phone signal says the word. Oh, 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 no. Oh, no. Oh, no. We might have. Oh, let, I'll tell you what, hang up. Hang up and call him again. Let's let's try and... Richard, don't go anywhere. We're going to hang up. Nah, go somewhere. And try, better signal. Well, we'll just try again. We'll give it one more go because this is... I mean, people build their weeks around. And I don't know what the forecast is like after today, but it has been bucketing down there for the better part of 48 hours now. And as we said before, we're seeing some vision from the track now. The water on the track is... Uh, it's, it has to be in... It has to be in some danger the whole weekend because look at these these cars. They can't even hold it long. No, they can't they're aquaplaning. The they are. And, and Jonesy at the moment's got one, two, so he's got four parts of the track that he's identified as the most treacherous. Have we got? We've tried again. Let's go one last time and hopefully we can hear what Richard's got to tell us, matey. Are you there, boys? Have you got me this time? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Hey, hey, we're watching. We're watching Vision right now. Um, how bad is it up there? Well, it's rare we're jealous of Melbourne weather, boys. But twenty and showers would be lovely right now. Uh, yeah, cold, about fifteen degrees, if that, and pouring with rain. It's as bad as it's been at Mount Panorama for a long time. And as we talk, the Super Two race that's on the screens now. I know you've been talking about it has just been declared, not necessarily due to the weather, but on account of. Uh, Hefty crash up the top of Mount Street. So, really interesting going into supercars qualifying. We're going to set a lot of the grid for the great race in about 10 minutes' time. So, yeah, it's pretty dicey at the moment. Is there... Now, I understand, I was looking at the Sydney radar. Now, I know Bathurst is a little way away from Sydney, uh, and you can, you'd can probably be across what's expected, but is is there a... There's got to be a tipping point, right? If the rain continues and visibility and we just saw a car go off the road on a replay and there's just water everywhere, is there some chance we won't get through the weekend or is there some chance 
some of the support races might not happen? Yeah, look, I, I think there's a pretty good chance we're going to go motor racing. Uh, the, the sport's pretty agile, especially here. Formula One's had some dramas with this recently and running in the rain, but supercars are a little bit more adaptable. I mean, they're better in wet conditions anyway than a, a Formula One car. And a lot of controversy last week in the, the Singapore Grand mm. Prix about them not racing in those wet conditions. So, uh, look, I think we're all right. Tomorrow is supposed to be the worst day of the lot. So we might lose a little bit of running tomorrow, but Sunday is supposedly clearing up and it should be all right. And there's a few contingencies in place where supercars can bring the start time of the race forward if it looks like it's going to rain later in the day and just to make sure that they get the race in. It's, Sunday is the absolutely critical thing and it'd be like postponing the grand final, just not something you do. So they'll, they'll do everything they can, but you're right. Safety is the number one thing and, and the number one thing they need to get right is visibility so where i'm standing right now it's not actually that bad it's light rain and there's not that much standing water but if i turn around i'm looking directly up at that famous mount panorama sign across the hill and i can't see it yeah so it's in fog when the cars get up there it's all right and as long as they can see a couple of hundred meters either side of each flag point the signaling points of the drivers it's okay but if it gets any worse than that, they're in a bit of strife. So you've got qualifying. Uh, t- take us through, you know, the qualifying phases between now and, you know, Sunday morning. So so what, what does that schedule look like? And um, given the conditions that you, you're confronting now and likely to confront tomorrow, how much are they going to be um, forced to back off um, because they just don't want to be ruining their vehicles? Well, I'll give you an idea of how much slower they go. And and believe me, they will drive these cars as hard as they possibly can be driven in the conditions. So they'll still be absolutely raising them as much as they can. But in practice earlier today, it was the first wet session we've had all weekend. The fastest lap time was about a 2 minute 31 second lap. Now, in dry conditions early in this morning, they were doing 2 minutes and 4. So near as makes no difference, 30 seconds slower on the wet tyre and in wet conditions. Yeah, it's a massive difference. So what they'll do this afternoon, they'll qualify for 40 minutes. The top 10 cars from qualifying this evening go to the famous top 10 shootout tomorrow afternoon where it's one car, one lap. That will decide who gets pole position. And we've seen so many famous moments here. Greg Murphy way back, Scott McLaughlin a couple of years ago with those amazing one-lap efforts. It's really captivating sport. And then this afternoon, group positions 11 back to 28 in the 28-car field are set. They're locked in for Sunday's great race. So today's important. You want to get through to that top 10 shootout. It's one of the most watched motorsport moments of the year. You get the whole racetrack to yourself for two and a half minutes, live national TV, and it's just it's everything the drivers work towards all season long outside of actually winning the Bathurst 1000. So it's a really good process, but... This session will be fascinating, and the track, if it dries, it will keep getting quicker and quicker as a dry line emerges. So we might not know who's going to be quickest tonight until the session's well over as they keep getting quicker and quicker. Uh, Richard, who, what's the, I'm interested in the, the atmosphere. Of course, Bathurst is legendary for people coming up and camping and, you know, drinking and have a, having a good time and being quite rowdy on top of the hill as the rain yeah. pardon the pun, dampen some of the uh, atmosphere up there? Or are there still plenty of people uh, on track already and, and plenty that you know of that are still going to make their way to the mountain across the weekend? Yeah, the atmosphere, despite the conditions, is outstanding. And last year we were really compromised. We got a race. It was in December. 
but we were closed to Queensland, we were closed to South Australia. So a lot of the people that make a week of this event come and camp, couldn't get here. So camping was at about 50% capacity 12 months ago. I reckon there were more people camping here on Sunday night this week than there were for the entire race last year. And the track sold out of campsite. There's about 9,000 campsites sold for the event. So the population of Bathurst is usually about 35,000 people. It goes up by about 15,000 for this week, just in people camping at the venue. They're all here. They're pretty hardy. I spoke to one gentleman in town last night, and he said, yep, I'm camping. I'm at the top of the mountain. We've had a little bit of flooding, but it's all right. He said, it's all fine. The beer tastes the same, whether it's raining or whether it's sunny. <laughs> Seems like a fairly good life approach to yeah, mine, I think. You've got to make the most of it, don't you? It's only once a year, and if you get a little bit totally. of cold off the back of it all, you can get good. Hey, mate, thanks for coming on and telling us about it. We'll keep our eye on it all. Let's hope that um, yeah, as difficult as those conditions prove to be, that everybody comes out of uh, what they've got in front of them safely. That's the most important thing, obviously. So I know you'll be all over it. We appreciate you giving us a few minutes of your time, mate. We're glad we got that phone line uh, sorted. Uh, enjoy the weekend. Yeah, thanks, Murray. Thanks, Murray, JJ. Appreciate it. Yeah, glad the telephone could play ball yeah, in the end. Thanks, boys. On. Good on you, mate. Richard Crail, the editor of the Race Talk and Motorsport Commentator. I, I want you to explain something to me. So the Tanner Bruin deal's gone through. Pick 18's yes, done. Yes, it has, yep. Geelong has done, seemingly, to my way of thinking, an unbelievable favour here to the Brisbane Lions following the Bruin deal. Have you seen what the trade pick, the the, the swap of picks that have taken place? No, no, Right, no. I write all this down because you're going to need to write it down. Oh, no, you need to. The Geelong Footy Club oh, yeah. trades no, round two. Whoa, 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 whoa. So trades picks. Whoa. Come on. Uh, just, this is where a pen and paper are a whole lot better than the modern technology. <laughs> Let me know when you're ready to go. Uh... Yeah, go for Geelong it. has traded. Uh, I'll just give you the picks. Yep. Pick 38. Yep. Picks 48 and 55. Yep. Uh, uh, 20, round 20, next year, round two selection. And it's round and it's round four selection next year. So yep. this year in particular, 38, 48, 55, and a future second and a future third. To the Brisbane Lions for its round two selection, pick 25. Yep. Now. Just, Yeah. Pick 25, what do I do with that? Ollie Henry? Hopefully. Does that For, get closer? From, from Geelong's point of view. Does that get closer to getting the Henry deal done? Oh, 38 or whatever it? it was was never going to get it done. 38. Get that's one that's gone closer. Not close enough. Uh, but it might help if Asava Radigalia goes to port. And they get something back for him. Mm. What about the booty of uh, picks slash points? That well, Brisbane gets in for this year's Yeah, well, that's what it's all period. about for, Trade period, for, draft for period. Brisbane. Yeah. Points. Accumulating points so they can bring everyone in they need to bring in. Now, clearly, Brisbane didn't think 25 was going to help them with Dunkley. That, and that deal has to be. There are a couple of deals that I, reading between the lines... I would think a couple of them are going to fall over. So Sam Edmonds described it. He was it this morning as, as on. It might have been yesterday on life support. The Dunkley deal. Mm. That, that's how. That's they, how they, they just can't. Not because they just can't. They're just not going to be able to get it done. You run out of picks. So when Brisbane traded uh, its pick fifteen, when it traded that pick to where that go to Gold Coast, mm. wasn't mm. that a signal? What, if if I'm well, the Western Bulldogs and I'm looking at that and you, and I'm and I'm listening to Brisbane say we want Josh Dunkley, 
pick 15 would have been on my radar if I was, and as well as something else, mind you, yeah, yeah. for Josh Dunkley. They're trading that off somewhere else. I can't remember where it went. So apologies for not remembering where that went. But I can understand. If the Western Bulldogs, as it's been reported, are filthy with Brisbane for not the being... The Giants have got 15. The Giants got yeah. 15. I beg your, in fact, I've got that written in front of me. So of course I have. So they trade that pick 15 to the Giants. Yeah. Now, unless that comes back somehow, or your know, better things come back somehow. Um, so, yeah, keep going. Yeah. Well, Brisbane can't... How do they possibly hope now to get the Dunkley deal done if the Western Bulldogs are digging in and saying, well, if Taranto's 12 and 19, Dunkley's worth at least that. And they've got a case. Yeah, yeah they do. They've got yeah. a case. Brisbane have got 21, 25, 34, 35, and 36. Well, none of that's getting J- Josh Dunkley done. You, you, no, but you can still, you know, you, you can still turn, you can still turn, 25, uh, 21, 25, 34, yep. and 36, I think I said. So that's four, four second-round picks. So you've got – they've got five second-round yep, picks. Yep, yep. So that's – yep, yep. You might turn them into a first with, you know, somehow late first or – that's they're, – they're, they're still clearly angling to collect – late second rounders, middle second rounders to try and turn that into something that might be enticing at the death. But they've got so much work to do because they haven't traded, they haven't acquired Gunston yet, have they? No, they have not. No, but that'll, And they're speculating that's going to be a late third, yeah. fourth round. late pick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A prob- but not, not, a, not a pick 110. No. Like it's going to be, it'll be a pick that they hopefully can, yeah. you know, can use. So, yeah. And, and the other one that, that I would suggest... I would I would think the Ollie Henry deal might might look a little shaky shaky, uh, and, and if I again I have not been to uh, the Geelong Footy Club since mm. two a.m. the Sunday morning after the grand final, I would imagine that a part of you would think should we just wait another year for Henry if we can't get it done. Mm. Do you just have another go next year? Does he just? Do you just say, look, just remind remind me of his contract status at Collingwood? Just uh, he's out of contract. Right, well, so well, sign a one year deal. Well, does Collingwood want to do that? Well, Collingwood want to keep him, don't they? Yeah, but a Collingwood if can't Col- force him to sign a long term deal. No. If you how say, does that, how, do, how do you play that at Collingwood? So you know that Henry wants well, to go back to, in your environment, and you say, you know what, if. He stays for another year. He improves. He becomes a regular part of our 22. We play finals again. We'll hopefully knock Geelong off in a final. Might sway him. Can you see Collingwood doing that? Can well, you what, see- what, what choice do they have? You got you either trade him for something you're not happy with. Mm. You ask him to come back on a contract that he'll sign. You can't make him force a th- sign a three-year no, deal. No, you cannot. Or you... The most unlikely of circumstances, walk him potentially out walk him out. Now that's not going to happen. So I, I can absolutely see him staying uh, at Collingwood for one year, and then everyone assessing the situation. All right, there's a bit there. Nineteen minutes past four. So that's the stuff that's been done. This this big swap of picks between Brisbane and Geelong. D- does pick twenty five get you closer if you're Collingwood and Ollie Henry? Does that get you closer? 
Uh, 1-300-7367-36. Tanner Bruin deal gets done uh, officially. Now the paperwork's been signed. Um, Josh Dunkley's situation, it's hanging out there. Trade updates for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Uh, if you want to buy into any of that as it's all playing out, feel free to get on the line. one three hundred seven three six. 736. We're here for robot building supplies and Berwick BMW, as well as Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Uh, open line thanks to Chemist Warehouse. INC Sports Nutrition powering tomorrow today, available from Chemist Warehouse. So a bit of stuff's happened late. Uh, the cats are in the middle of it all. They swap pick, uh, they get a pick in, a pick 25 from Brisbane, but they give a heap away. Three third round picks. Or maybe one fourth. They get a future second and a future fourth thrown into the mix. So Brisbane, if you're a Brisbane supporter and you've been wondering how we're going to get the points to get these two super talented kids in, probably two, well, certainly the best player in the draft and another kid, Fletcher's kid, who's likely to go, you know, first round. So you're going to get two first round kids in, father-son next year, both expected to play senior footy in 2023. The only concern was how you're going to afford them uh, on draft night. Well, Geelong has just given you a magnificent hand up. That's how you read that, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. I have to get the picks from somewhere, and Geelong's just helped them out with one, two, three that are going to be useful. I don't know what sort of points are allocated to forty-eight and fifty-five, but there'll be enough to. What are they going to have to get? About? Do you know the points? No, no, no. Yeah, they're going to have to get about five, four thousand points there yeah. or thereabouts. Well, they've got Ashcroft and Fletcher. Apparently, they've got about thirty-three hundred. Okay. Before the pick swap. Okay. And it's that's hard to note, which yeah. some of these websites are a little slow updating. But uh, well, somebody's, somebody who's far more um, across all of this stuff than you and I, you might be able to tell us if you've got Ashcroft well, going one and Fletcher going 15, there or there. But what are Brisbane going to need to get in terms mm-hmm. of points to get them? If they're the only two picks they take and how many they got? If somebody's out there and you want to give us a call, let us know. Sean's in Chelsea Heights. Uh, and wants to uh, have a chat about what's in front of us at the moment. Uh, welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks for taking the call, gents. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering if, if Brisbane's gone cold. Well, not that they've gone cold, but if they're looking a bit out of the race for Dunkley, whether Adelaide makes a play for him. Put 23 and Matt Crouch in front of the doggies. No, that won't get it done. Nor, nor in my humble, would... Dunkley be a good fit in Adelaide. They need more. I need a bit of zhuzh. sizzle. Yeah, they do. They do. I mean, he's a good player. He's a very good player. He's absolutely an, be a, no slight on him at all. It, he's an he's an he's an upgrade on your mate in terms. They're both inside Who? Matt. Yeah, he's an upgrade on. Well, he's the, uh, he, he would. I he'd mean, be he, their best. Well, Rory uh, Laird aside, he walks in and becomes their best. Midfielder. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's an upgrade on Keys. He's an upgrade on Maddie. He's an upgrade on anything else they've got. But they don't need that type. Yeah. So I like the uh, I like the lateral thinking, Sean, and I like the uh, backdoor action of sneaking up on Brisbane, who can't get it done. But I, my theory on Adelaide now, all their eggs are in the Rankin basket. That is fine. Mm-hmm. You pay a premium to bring him home. That's fine. Yeah. But don't put he and Rochelle 
deep inside forward 50 and have them stare at the footy from 100 metres away. One of the two has got to be around the ball at all times. So one question I did want to... Th- thanks for your call, Sean. One question I did want to throw out, and there's a lot of movement still to be done. There'll be players who still clearly who will move from you know Club A to Club B. But so far out of those who have, who have made the move... You know, we saw Peter Wright win the Essendon BNF, and we probably didn't speak, given everything else that was going on at Essendon at the time, we probably didn't speak enough about just what an unbelievable turnaround that has been for Peter Wright, and thoroughly deserved too, by the way. I love it. Unbelievable. Great story. So we saw Peter Wright make the move from Gold Coast and has become a best and fairest winner at Essendon. We saw Will Brody coincidentally make the move from Gold Coast and become a very, very effective player at Fremantle. The question I ask is not who's the next Gold Coast player to leave uh, there and become a good player. But who are the players who have been dormant in their careers over the last two or three years who have moved so far in this trade period who could be the next Will Brody or Peter Wright, particularly mm-hmm. those who are in the in some of these conversations? I mean, your mate, and I, uh, Macra, Macra, oh. Macra, best and fairest winner, runner up in the best and fairest winner, back to back, at all Australian, at half time, he's. You know, got his nose in front, probably in Norm Smith voting yeah, just in a grand final, right? So he is then a frontline AFL, probably A grade midfielder. Yes. By the end of 2018, he's an A grade midfielder. He's probably he's seen his um, his rating dip significantly in the last couple of years because he's clearly not playing the sort of footy that um, you know that this coaching staff want him to play, and he's been made to pay the ultimate price, which is his spot in the team. Could he be that player? Could could Matt Crouch go from Adelaide to somewhere else and be used the way – has he still got the 2017 and 2018 form in him? Uh, yeah. Well, he, the, the thing is, and Julio, knows, Julio and I – because his name hadn't been mentioned. It, ha- it just hasn't sort come of, up. But it's bobbed up in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Well, because people have said, how come no one's talking about Matt yeah, Crouch? Could be. Yep, yep. It hasn't been aligned with anyone or anything, really. I see Sydney as a good fit for him because yeah. – Oh, so do I. Josh Kennedy moves so on. I. Luke Parker's not getting any younger. Warner's young and slight. Rowbottom's – I like Rowbottom. He's he's a he's not a big body, but he's a strong body and yep. he's tough. And I think they could do with Matt Crouch around the ball. Now – I totally agree. He is a, he is a player who – you need to focus on what he does do and not what he does not do. So he doesn't kick the ball with penetration and he handballs more than he kicks. And he's not hes not a, a, a fast runner, but he's a good runner. He's not a bad runner. Mm. But people, uh, and, and he's a victim of how the team's performed a bit as well because there are a few others who could have went out of the side, mm. but he was the one. Mm. Uh, so he could absolutely help. And he's still, he's still, he's still getting. He's twenty eight. I think he was dropped after on the back of a thirty two yep. or something. Yep. So there's no query about that. And getting the ball is still important, no doubt. And and you might have a system, and you might have a group of players um, around a player like him who does like going, you know, short. And sideways a lot. That is part of what he does. That's what he. But he does it really well. Now, in a certain setup, that's not what's required. But in other setups, you can you can utilize that. It is utilize. It's it is useful in every team. But when everyone in your team is the same as you, yep, yep. 
that's when it hurts. Mm. So Rory Laird is the same. A great gatherer of the footy, and then he'll take as much distance as he can with the ball or handball. Mm. Very similar. Key similar. None of those guys are uh, Connor Rosie, who's running out of a mm. stoppage and mm. hitting a target. None mm. of those guys are. So eventually, when the, when the team doesn't play well, you think, well, what's got to give around the ball? We need to get a Rochelle in there. We need to get Brody Smith in there. We need to get people in there who can be a little bit more dynamic. He goes out. Keys is the one, isn't it? When you think about it, Keys, Keys is the one that him squeezed out. him out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 all credit to him. And he's Keys is riding away. But Matt Crouch is a better player than Ben Keys, in my opinion. I still think he is. Mm. But Ben Keys is a runner and seen as someone who can play on the opposition's best player. Brings a bit more energy. To, yeah, 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 yeah. He's and, got all of that, and, you know. And, and Matt, Matt's probably, in a sense, I speak for him. And, I, and and again, I'm full disclosure. I haven't spoken to him about this because. Uh, because then I've got to come on here and either yeah, yeah, yeah. spill the secrets <laughs> yeah, or, or, or or be uh, or, or not be or be disin disin what genuous disingenuous yeah yeah um, so I haven't spoken to him and the the at the top of their games now you can argue whether Matt can get back there top of their games Matt's a way yeah. better player than Ben Kent. well if you agree or disagree feel free to share your views he's an unrestricted free agent at the end of next year. Has he got a role to play? Would you be interested? I don't even know where they're at with him in terms of the first tradeability. Forty winks, temper text that comes yep. in. It says Crouch is slow. He, yeah, yeah he he's is not slow. fast. He yeah, is slow. True. Yeah, but that again, he's focusing on what he can't do, not what he can do. Mate, that's exactly right. And don't. Yeah, that's right. There's and been I'm a not lot, having hey, a crack at that mate, person. No, no, no. Don't name anyway. But I'm not having a crack at the person who sent it. I'm just saying he is a player who. We are we we're all focused on what he's not good at instead of what he can bring to the table. And just for what it's worth, before you get to the, there's been a lot of very good slow play, slow in inverted commas. Been a lot of very good slow players in the history of the game. Uh, let's get to the news, Paul. Get to your thoughts on the other side of this. The caller of the day, by the way, picks up the CBCO Brewing Pack, the open line for Chemist Warehouse, and all your texts coming through on the Forty Winks temper text. Hey, everybody's uh, weighing in and some views are more relevant than others And uh, but everybody's got a nose to the grindstone during trade oh, week. they love it. Stephanie's out there listening to the show and she has endorsed your theory about Ollie Henry uh, by tweeting in, apparently Collingwood has put a one-year contract to Ollie Henry this week and then explore that possible trade scenario the year after. He may choose to stay in that time or his value increases, which is a much better option than that pick 25 that was being discussed, she tweets to the program. Now, um, I don't know what Steph knows. I don't know if she knows more than you. or She you might know, know bugger She all. might know heaps. Like she might know someone at the footy club who's telling her all of that. But if that has been done, uh, it's unusual, but I applaud that. I mean, that's a mature way of dealing with this. Don't, let, don't get stroppy about the kid not wanting to sign on for three. If you can't get it done now, just... Live with the next 12 months and see where you sit it's at the end. The, I don't mind that as to a... To be honest, it's the more mature way of going about it. because grown up, yeah. It wouldn't be the first time we saw a player keen to move, not move, sign a long-term deal and then move anyway. Yeah. Or, or the club say, well, no, nah, we're not... It's stuff, yeah. Go into the pre-season draft. Go into the pre-season draft and enjoy Planet North. On, on your way. That's, see that's, you later. And that's, that's ego... Of course. ...that does that. Yep. And I don't mean to upset North Melbourne supporters, but so they just happen to be... <laughs> They just happen to be the team that has the first pick. I'm oh, right. Thank you. I don't give a stuff about the, the kangaroos, but I love North Melbourne. Or West Coast, if it goes uh, to number two. That's all. Thank you, Rod. Paul's in East Burwood yeah. has jumped on the line. Wants to have a chat to you about... Uh, AD. Uh, I think so. Hello, Paul. 
Uh, gentlemen, it's always lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Now, bear with me for a sec because mm-hmm. I think Adrian Dodoro's become like the Ben Stein of the AFL. Now, Ben Stein was the character in Ferris Bueller who would say, Bueller, Bueller. Well, I think Adrian's become the character of the AFL who says, anyone for a trade, anyone for a trade. No one's listening to him. What's happening with the Bombers? Well... What is happening with the uh, bombers, Paul? What do you what do you want? What do you need? Well, for a few years we've needed a grunt for the inside, mm-hmm. and Peter Wright has shown that he is a great forward. We need just another tool there. Yes. I think uh, Harrison Jones will be will be a good player. The the backline structure just needs one more solid part. Now, I know we're talking about the spine and they don't grow on trees. But for goodness sake, give me something, Mr. Adrian Dodoro. <laughs> Passionate bomber, give me something, at least. I like it. I like it. And he'll be listening too. So uh, get something done, Adrian. Uh, yeah, I agree. They need, they need, they don't necessarily, it doesn't have to be a big bodied midfielder, but Parrish is small. Mm. Shield's not big. Merritt's not massive. Merritt's not big. No. That every it feels like four off seasons in a row we've heard Langford's going to be the big bodied midfielder, but he's had form yep. and injury yep. issues. Yep. I tell you, Josh Dunkley would be handy. Well, his name's been speculated about regarding Essendon for quite some time. Brisbane seems a fair way off of Essendon. Well, Essendon's first pick's pick four. Well, I'm talking about the environment that you're going to walk into. Now, of course, there's some troubles in Brisbane with Chris Fagan, but going up north, away from the footy limelight into some sunshine is a fair bit different to what you may walk into at Tullamarine because the spotlight's on there, Essendon. Make no mistake about it. It is is, is all the time. They also do need a key forward. Yeah. Do they... um... And they need a key back unless Zach Reid, who they have high hopes for, he's been given the number 31. That's a fair indication. Unless he jumps out of the ground as a 200-centimetre key back, which they think he will, but just how long can you wait? Because I've said this a few times too, Laverde and Jake Kelly, they're just not big enough. How much would you – when you play the preseason draft game, right, you know, the number on a head and force, the, force other clubs out of the picture, just the theoretical nature of that, right? Essendon's got pick four. In the preseason draft, what do you think? Preseason draft, yeah. So, so you walk in, you, you just walk in. Oh, don't, and then then you, you put a number on, you put a number on the head, and clubs are good at knowing what North. So, if you're Essendon, you know what North West Coast and GWS have got. Now, Greater Western Sydney are probably tight. You would think probably probably tight. Uh, I don't know about North and West Coast, but would you? Can you take West Coast? A, I don't think would have much to play with. So North is the one. Yeah, you'd imagine. You're going to get past them if you can play that game. But again, it's a consent thing. Dunkley, uh, are North going to pick him? No, that's right. If yeah. he says, I'm, yeah, I'm not going. I'm not Eli going Manning style, I'm yeah. not coming. Yeah. Yeah. He can pick who you want. Uh, I, they, they may be working away on that behind the scenes. Would Would you hand over, so there's, there's Ashcroft. And then there's a then there's a drop off. We need to get to a break because our basketball is joining us next year. Would you jump. would you would you consider Dunkley straight up for pick four from Essendon's well, point of view? Well, that's sort of what I'm. Well, maybe that let that sit and and percolate for a minute, folks, and we'll have some time after about quarter past five to 
um, redress yeah. all, all right. of Bombers this. Bombers so, fans, yeah. pick four, out. Dunkley in, would you do it? Would you do it? Okay, let's think about that. It's 17 to 5. Kyle Adnam's going to join us next. Uh, Team captain of the South East Melbourne Phoenix, Kyle Adnam's been good enough to join us after a a bit of an eyebrow raiser last night. I think a lot of people were wondering what was going to happen to Illawarra uh, after, you know, an off-season and changing coach and uh, a whole lot of things happening. Wonder whether they were going to be as frontline a contender uh, as many thought they would be last year. Well, they, uh, they were pretty good last night and... South East Melbourne Phoenix got a close-up look at that. Kyle Adams been good enough to join us. Hello, mate. Thanks for joining us on the show. Hi, boys. How are you? How, how impressive were they last night? They, they obviously sort of you know, had their nose in front after, you know, quarters one and two, but you would have, you know, kind of regrouped at half time and thought, okay, well, let's get our game going here. And, and they came out in that third quarter steaming. What did they look like to you? Yeah, they looked really good. I mean... At home, Illawarra are really tough. Like they, they're a really high-paced team. Um, I thought last night defensively, um, you got to give credit where credit's due, and they, they did a great job of sort of pushing us out of our spots. Um, as a group, we've obviously got to got to handle that a little bit better. But um, yeah, credit to them. I thought their defence was great. Um, something the week before that they probably didn't do a great job of. So coming into our game, I think defensively was a big focus for them. Kyle, you 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 guys are dealing with a couple of injuries. Ryan Brockoff, one, of course, who is out of the lineup at the moment. So you've had a an up-and-down start to the year. Is it a bit of a situation where you just sort of can't wait to, to get your whole squad back together? You've sort of just got to make do until you can get that whole squad all together. Um, oh, I think you look for the, the positive in any situation, and I think our opportunity to give some of our young guys um, and sort of up-and-coming players opportunities, um, you know, for big minutes at the NBL level, I think it's been really important. Getting a lot of confidence into those legs as well is awesome. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it is it is the regular season and having, you know, a full squad on board is really important, especially in such a competition that's so tight and on any given night, any team can win any game. So, um, you know, it's you can't replace a guy like Rowdy or, or Trey or Gary or Joe Chi who's about to join us. Mm. So, you know, there's four pretty big names there, right? Um, you know, four guys who are proven around the world. So, um, you know, you've got to work those guys back into the group for sure, but I think it's going to be awesome once they get here. But as I said, the positive for us is the ability to get our young guys in and, and they've really stood up as well. Well, what's the time frame on those guys? How How soon can we expect to see those four guys back in uniform? Oh, I'm not 100% sure, to be honest, but um, I know they're not too far away, which is awesome. I believe Joe um, arrives in Melbourne this week sometime. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully a lot sooner than, than we can. Uh, and your personal self, you were dominant uh, in the, in the first game, the season opener, put up 30. Uh, I saw you, you finished the game... With, or you almost finished the game with 28 and got fouled. And it looked to me like you were pretty keen to take those late free throws and just move yourself up to uh, to the even 30. And then last night, a tough night shooting the ball. How do you how do you go as a pro, you know, dealing with, you know, up and down nights? And, of course, you're going to make shots, you're going to miss shots. Do you, do you, you know, you went four of 16. Do you get back in there and want to shoot extra shots? How do you How do you deal with, you know, up and down performances when they come along? Oh, definitely. I think, um, you know, that that's sport in a way. And I think uh, for me, I go back and review the film and, and see what sort of shots I, I'm taking. And 
Um, you know, they're probably not too dissimilar, the, the shots I made against Kazi and, and versus last night. So, you know, as a pro, you always, always stay level-headed and understand what shots you're getting out of the offense as long as you're taking good ones. And, um, yeah, last night I had some really, really good looks and they all hit back rim, which in basketball we like to say is the perfect miss. So, um, you know, for me, I'm not too concerned about it. I think next game I'll, I'll come out and, and, and still be firing and trying to make plays. But, um, you know, with guys down at the moment, it's really important that we're able to stay level-headed and stick to the things that we know internally are the right things. Um, and, you know, picking the right shot, shot selection, um, but hanging our hat on defence, I think, all the way through the preseason, um, one thing we've done is, is really defend well. Um, you know, last night, Illawarra, a really high-potent offense team, offensive team, um, you know, to keep them to 85 we, wasn't ideal for us, but throughout the whole preseason, we've done a really good job defending. Um, and as you mentioned last night, just a few shots, um, a few more shots would have probably changed it for us and help our transition defence as well, which was tough last night. They will come, hopefully on Saturday against the Taipans, 5.30, John Kane Arena. It's Teacher Appreciation Round. How important it is to show thanks to those educators out there. Uh, That's what you've become at this basketball club. uh, The skipper. Recognised now as a captain of the organisation and uh, you'll be passing on the experiences that you've been accumulating for over 10 years now, mate, at the level. So good luck on Saturday. Thanks for joining us um, today. No, no worries. Thanks for having me. Good on you, mate. Kyle Adnam, skipper of the South East Melbourne Phoenix. Great to have you with us. We'll, 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 all the open-ended, you know, trade scenarios uh, that have been sort of pitched and discussed and are going to linger as we say goodbye to this Friday afternoon. We'll, we'll pull a few of those apart before we get to 6 o'clock tonight with JJ. But I'm, I'm thrilled that Malcolm Knox has been good enough to come on the show. He, it's been a really tough week for lovers of um, footy, obviously, with the... Hawthorne and, and Essendon situations have raised really serious and uh, intense discussion points that have nothing to do with the stuff that happens really siren to siren. And in, in the middle of it all, we saw the Australian, the disgraceful images um, out of the Australian Cup final with Sydney United and the far right kind of Nazi salutes up there. And they've been dealt with. It's raised a whole lot of questions about um, what sporting clubs are and what we want them to be and Malcolm Knox, Knox has written a fantastic column today in the Agent Sydney Morning Herald. And as, as I, before I get Malcolm on, I'll, I'll just read this part as the launching point of Malcolm's column. The intersection, you can call it a five-way pile-up, of religion, free speech, minority rights, virtue signalling and sports washing are repeatedly coming together in the ugliest public collisions, benefiting precisely no one. Was any vulnerable life saved by Manly's rainbow? Has the Thorburn Thorburn matter left anyone feeling more included, more safe at Essendon? Are the questions that Malcolm addresses and a whole lot of others in his column he joins us. Malcolm, thanks for joining us on the show, mate. G'day. Thanks very much, Andy. How um, it's such a it's such a layered column, and it's a really good read, and and it uh, I think it takes a lot of us to where we are at the end of a kind of harrowing and troubling three weeks for footy fans in particular. I guess I've got a million questions. I'll start here. How well equipped are our, the footy clubs that that we love and commit to so completely, how well equipped are they to deal with these incredibly serious matters that we've been dealing with in the last three weeks? Yeah, I think um, some are much better equipped than others. Um, and, uh, you, you know, you see that... 
The clubs that are that are being left behind a little bit are, um, you know, there's a gap between the rhetoric and uh, the reality mm. and uh, the the stretch they're trying to make to, you know, with with good intentions and and you can't question people's intentions, but um, uh, you know, Josh Josh is the best uh, witness to uh, you know what is really happening behind the scenes and and you know the the. No matter no matter what the rhetoric and and the rhetoric can be really great and really inclusive, you, you've just got to look at the facts, don't you? You've got to look at at, at, at what's happening in reality and uh, whether um, these clubs really are genuinely inclusive and genuinely thought through the consequences of the of the decisions they've made. Uh, Malcolm, <laughs> has there has there has there always been, and I, this is on my view probably that there is, but the the love that people have for their own club does that often when when a club or a team missteps do you think that 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 they're able to get through it and get past it more so than someone on the street would for the same thing because of the colours of the team and the players who play for them and the fact that people want to love them they don't want to hate them. <laughs> That, that, that's a very that's a pertinent question for me because I'm a Manly fan. I've been a, a yeah. Manly fan for life in, in the NRL, and uh, you know the way your loyalty um, uh, colours the way you you think, and you know you want to forgive everything. You want to you want to see see the best side of it and put the best spin on it. And and even when they stuff up, as, as Manly clearly have here. Um, you know, you, you, you're hurt uh, and, and you want them to find a way out and you want to forgive them, which, of course, um, uh, a person with a more objective uh, set of eyes doesn't, doesn't mm. feel at all. It's, that's so true. So how did you, did you put it down to just, you know, sort of ham-fisted clumsiness with the manly um, pride Guernsey? Did, how did you come to terms with that as a manly supporter? Um, well, it, it, when I first saw it, I thought, uh, and, and I saw that uh, seven Manly players were not going to play in that jersey. I thought, oh, this will be really interesting because it's a, it's a, it must be a prior round. It's passed me by, but it, there must be at least seven players from every every club who refuse to play. Uh, and then the penny dropped that, oh, no, Manly had gone one out on this and um, for reasons best known to themselves. And that going one out was just the start of, of you know, as, as we've seen it unfold. Um, a few people had a bright idea in the marketing office and, uh, again, with good intentions, but, you know, they just didn't think through the, the seriousness of all the consequences and, and you know it's it's torn it's torn that club apart in, in terms of not only the playing group but the support base as well. Is it oh, this is a question to both of you? Is it just inevitable that um, when a club puts its flag in the ground and says we are about gender equality, or we are about you know gay rights, or we are about whatever it is, whatever whatever the issue is, is it just inevitable that somebody is going to be offended or upset about that? That that. There is somebody out there, there is such a broad range of views that are held in society. Like Essendon, is, Essendon this week has um, pushed back against what it saw as um, views that were discriminatory and, and, and bigoted. And yet now Essendon is dealing with claims that it is discriminating against mm. the discriminator. Mm. I mean, 
is is it just is it impossible i guess is the question i'm asking to take one of these positions and not upset someone uh Yes, it is impossible because, you know, these are zero-sum arguments. The, the the amount to which you're satisfying one side is going to dissatisfy the other yeah, side. Yeah. And, and and that's why, you know, what I look at is, um, you, you know, how, how many how many gay male footballers of any code have come out in Australia? Yeah. You know, you can count them on one hand. And you compare it to, to women's uh, professional sport, which is clearly a much more... Um, uh, genuinely welcoming place for for people of different sexualities. They don't need to have a Pride Week in in the AFLW or, or uh, you know the, the women's NRL. They don't need to because every week's a Pride Week. The yeah, the, the yeah. proof is there in front of you. Whereas with the men's game, it always feels a little bit. Mm. Oh, you know, we're we're reaching, we're reaching, we're stretching. We want to move into the future, but uh, oh dear, look look behind us and look look at who's in the club. And, uh, you know, they're not coming with us. Uh, do you think clubs are, are not fighting a losing battle, but chasing something that's not there? Do you think it might be I, – I, I look to American sports a lot, and I probably I, – I, I see Serena Williams, and I see LeBron James, and I see Tom Brady – having strong views and being influential, but I don't necessarily see the, 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 the franchises who are privately owned, and I guess a lot of those owners have every, got... Every helmet in the NFL now has got a political statement uh, on the back of it. Which is chosen by the player. Yeah. So do you think maybe, Malcolm, out here in Australia, now we don't have the athletes of that standing, but do you think maybe the individual athletes, the Patrick Dangerfields... Uh, you know, the best players of each sport could potentially take the lead and, and the clubs are maybe going to be secondary to that. Well, I think that's a great suggestion because the, the response to the, the failings of the present aren't just to give up and, and back off completely. Yep. Um, the, the response is to look for a different way uh, around. And um, I, I agree with you entirely. It's It's hard, you know, I come from New South Wales and, we're more of an NRL-focused um, uh, state, and it's hard to see individual players with the standing of those AFL players that you mentioned. Um, but uh, you know, within the AFL, certainly it's a start. And, and if you had in Sydney, you know, Sydney Swans have been great uh, on on these issues. Um, and if you had individuals coming out and um, uh, you know making making statements on their own behalf, I would like to see. The um, you know the, the strictness of um, the party line and club discipline just to be relaxed a little bit to to allow players to to be role models in the way that those American sportsmen are that you mentioned on matter to both of you again on matters that are clearly important to that individual is that well that that's the way to have an impact yeah yeah not to as I said not to. Not to ask someone who doesn't want to be there to go and read yep. a book to a child or yep. go and to talk to to school kids about things that they really don't care about. Don't know about. Yeah, sure. Yep. It becomes it's counterproductive. Yeah. Talking about Malcolm Knox is a really, really it's a it's a column worth reading at the end of another you know troubling week down here, particularly in the AFL. You, you can find it online at the Age in the Sydney Morning Herald, Essendon and Manly were were great at winning if only they'd stuck to football. Malcolm, as you're writing the column, um, did you did you find yourself wondering whether it's all worthwhile from a club perspective, or, or these 
kind of causes they support. Yeah. You do you do wonder that because we go around this circle again and again, and and you know Essendon are in it at the moment, but you know it's been rinse and repeat, um, uh, uh, you know over the last few years, and you do question that. But um, you know I think I think the suggestions that you guys make, and you know Josh, you've been a great a great leader uh, in in this space. Um, the example individuals can set to others um, can can break the cycle, and um, I, I definitely don't think just giving up in despair mm. is is an option. Yeah, I, I was just thinking, and I wrote it down as I was listening to your answer. Clubs will go nowhere, will they, if they just keep their head down and mm. pretend that nothing is happening outside of their yeah, footy of club in the yeah. in the in the quest to grab another four points. Mm. You know, that's that you can't do that. If you if you're gonna be a club, Malcolm, with, you know, hundred thousand members and, you know, uh, government support for a you know, new stadium or whatever it might be, you, you can't can you realistically sort of disassociate yourself from all of these other broader issues that so many members of your football club uh, are gonna be um you know gonna be interested in. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and they're also divided because because yeah. they're large bodies of people. Of course, they're going to have um, uh, differences of opinion, and uh, clubs have got to carry forward that you know that embrace of um, of argument with them, uh, rather than thinking, oh, you know, we've got to find some way as banal as possible to 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 keep everybody uh, singing from the same songbook. We're going to ask it. We're going to let you go. We're going to ask a simple question of the audience in a moment. Do you want your footy clubs to you know to be a, a, a sort of standard setter, if you like, or a you know buy into these broader issues and and take positions, or do you just want them to focus on footy? What do you reckon the rank? What do you reckon most football fans, Malcolm, whether they be NRL fans or AFL fans or A League fans, what what do you reckon they would say as an answer to that question? <laughs> I reckon they'll say, whatever helps us win more games. Yeah, I think you might be right. <laughs> hey, hey, mate, it's, a, it's, a, it's been a really sort of troubling week for a lot of us in the last a couple of weeks uh, for obvious reasons. And uh, it was a very timely column that you wrote today. It was, a, it was a, um, a worthwhile read. So thanks for doing it and thanks for coming on for a chat today. Uh, thanks to you both and keep up the good work. Good on you. Malcolm Knox from The Age and the Sydney Morning Herald. What do you want your clubs to be, folks? one 736 736 I'll be fascinated to if you if it's an issue that you've been moved by and something you've been thinking about and you've got a view on it, I'd love to hear from you on the other side. Hopefully you get a chance to read the, if you want to, read the Malcolm Knox piece and um, take on board all of the aspects after a couple of really tough weeks for sports fans, I reckon, that he's raising in the, in the, in the column. You can find it at the age in the Sydney Morning Herald. Nick's in... Pasco Vale has listened to the chat and responded to the question, what do you want your footy clubs to be, Nick? Um, where are you coming to this one from? Well, unfortunately, I feel like footy clubs have to kind of take the backward approach because as Malcolm and you, and you, and you two guys alluded to earlier, I think every topic, especially these really powerful topics, someone's going to get offended and, gonna, and, and we're, not, we're not talking about one person, we're talking about you know, groups of people. So, Unfortunately, in today's society, everyone you know has a, an opinion and is obviously offended to some extent on some of those opinions. So, I think it's easier for football clubs to kind of keep 
keep themselves out of the negative media and then just maybe stick to footy. But do you want your footy club to be active, you know, to a degree? You know, p- pick the right pick the right targets, if you like, Nick, and, and actively support um, th- those issues. Do you want your footy club to do that or are you, are you, you know, more in line with what you said before? I think you know, I'd like them to do that, but I think it's important on the subjects that they choose. So I'm a Carlton supporter. Yeah. Um, I think the, the women respects, the Carlton respects round's fantastic. I, no one's going to be offended by it. But when we're talking about things that, you know, where we've got religious aspects and there's people that could be really offended by it, um, I think football clubs might just have to really be careful of how they approach it. Yeah, thanks for your call. Uh, Mark's in queue. Where are you coming at this one from, Mark? Oh, I just think most people would like to keep politics and religion out of football. I mean, um, everybody has, you know, their own. Indiv- everybody has an individual right to have an opinion about their own political and, and religious beliefs. But really, well, what has it actually got to do with AFL football? I mean, it's a personal. It's a personal view what your religious beliefs are. Um, we go to the football because we, you know, we support our clubs, the clubs we love. So. Um, you know, at Essendon present, he's now offended people of faith by asking Thorburn to make a decision between his football club or his faith. That is wrong. It's fundamentally wrong. It's morally wrong. And it's ethically wrong. Why would you make a man you, who you've just appointed to lead your club make a decision between his faith, and uh, whether it be Christian, yep. Jewish, Muslim? Why would you ask a person to, to make a choice between his faith and he's, and he's um, positioned as CEO of Essendon. Well, well, it is morally wrong. Well, the, que- the question is, in answer to your question, because the, the views supported by um, Andrew Thorburn's church run in direct, directly contrary to the views of the Essendon Footy Club, that, that's, the reason, that's the answer to that question. And, and the, but, Mark, are all people of faith offended by um, Essendon's decision to go in a different direction, or, or, or is it just some? Oh, I have no doubt there's a great percentage. Uh, one of the callers before even passed a comment about the, the swans have, um, you know, done well in this area with regards to inclusiveness. I think all clubs have done a good job with this inclusiveness, but why do we need to make an issue of it? The, the only thing is, of course, um, the untold story is there's been a lot of drop-off of membership of the swans, and there are a lot of people uh, of faith that are member of the Swans. Like every club has a lot of supporters that have, they're an Anglican, they're Presbyterian, they're Catholic, they might be Jewish, they might be Muslim. They don't want to be rammed things down their throat about um, um, political or, yep. or gender issues. Okay, well, that, you get that, that, that last part of what you're saying goes right to the core of the topic, I reckon, Mark. So th- thanks, for, thanks for joining in the conversation. Jesse's in Brighton. Uh, what do you want your footy club to be, Jesse? G'day, boys. Um, oh, I want my footy club, and I think uh, I'm a Collingwood supporter. They're trying their best to, you know, do the do better thing. But what Malcolm brought up is changing culture in in workplaces. And I'm a business owner, and I've had a place for five years that it's really hard to change culture once you've started. But when you start something new like the AFLW, they don't need a pride round week. Mm. It, it's there every single week, so it's fantastic to see. Um, and... Uh, it's really hard to change culture when you've been doing this as a, a male sport for 120-odd years. And it changes people. It changes the leaders. And 
you can try your best doing it, but it needs a full overhaul sometimes. So that's where so so the Carlton campaign, Carlton respects who one of our earlier callers um, brought up. It, it's an awareness campaign aimed at closing the gender pay gap and preventing violence against women. Once you take that on board, I don't. They're two matters that I don't think too many people are going to rail against. Mm. I'd be surprised if they did. But once you take it on as mm. a footy club, mm. you have to live it. So mm. the gender pay gap, you better make sure that the female executive, the the the, the female executives are getting paid the same as the male yep. executives yep. for the same job at the footy club, or mm. you're not living to the ideals of the campaign. So you've got to live that. That's a matter that you've got to live to there yeah, for sure. And I think from a supporter or spectator or fans' point of view, we we've come too far. We've come to a point where the we're we're in the era of outrage as well. Yeah, we are no doubt, and we've got to a point where if if fifteen AFL clubs uh put something out socially on their on their social media um platforms because they're large platforms they're huge platforms put something out in regards to whatever it is yep yep and three forget or don't or just the young person in charge of the social media account because that's who it is doesn't do it then we look on we what automate what you're against it yeah 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 and the reality is someone mm-hmm. might have forgotten to press send on the tweet so we are we are looking, a lot of people, not we, some people, a few people, a lot of people are looking for opportunities to say, oh, got you. you got you, exactly. That is no question about that. And because it can be amplified, you know, so easily these days via social media platforms, mm. uh, it becomes an issue now that when maybe and once upon a time, the other thing that wouldn't pe- have been. The other thing that we do, again, I'll say we. Yep. We, 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 we try and... Uh, take so if Essendon tried to do anything at the moment, people would say, "Oh, don't win, yep. don't bad club." Well, that's not how it works. That's that's what's happening now. They're, yeah, that's right. Yep. It doesn't yep. matter. It wouldn't matter what Essendon did no. right now. Well, the Kangaroos did bad club, don't count. A lot of people want to join in this conversation. Chris is in Docklands. Um, what do you want your footy club to be, Chris? Yeah, hi, gentlemen. Look, I, I've got to say the whole issue coming out of the Thorburn stuff. I'm. I'd like to say I'm surprised about it, but I'm not because we're prone to outrage. But, uh, you know, this isn't about individual rights. It's not about faith. It's not about those things. It's an issue of leadership, mm. purely and simply. You can't lead, you can't be a leader in two organisations that are diametrically opposed in value. As a leader, you have, you have your authenticity, you have your integrity, and you have your consistency. Now, how can you front people you're meant to leave and have that question because you're in two different organisations that are values opposed. It's a no-brainer. I would have thought that that would, for what it's worth, I would have thought that that would have become reasonably apparent to most people by the end of the week. Chris, but clearly it hasn't. Some people either choose not to see the points you've raised or um, don't want to agree with them. Um, Thanks for your call, mate. Have a good weekend. Shane's in Mount Waverley before we get to the news. More calls on this on the other side of the break. G'day, Shane. Hi, guys. How are you going? Good, mate. Good. Good, good. Yeah, look, it's, it's it's so hypocritical. Let's just get back to football. No theme rounds, no nothing. Are they going to sack? Are they going to hound that poor um, Muslim lady in the AFLW, GWS? Are they going to hand her out of the game like they did with uh, Andrew Thorburn? Because if they don't, they're hypocrites. Because, you know, obviously, 
Do you, do you truly uh, believe that, you know, Shane? She, Shane, do you really believe that? Do you think they're? they're I don't think do, they do, will. Do you know? But do you think there's an equality? There's there's equity between the position that he was holding and the position that Hareen Hanin uh, Zarika was 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 holding. Do you, do you think that's equitable? Yeah, but they're both they're both not agreeing to the common. No, no, I agree with that. The, and she and she didn't play. She didn't, yeah, but she, no, no, well, she didn't play that week. She she sat out for, from that week's game of footy, like the manly blokes did. But do you think there's it's an equitable position that she holds and he was held for well, for a day? Well, she's Muslim, so they won't go after her. You know, so and I don't think they should. And I think it should be you should respect people's people's opinions you know she's obviously not comfortable wearing the rainbow flag and yep. why you know she's not jumped in I, I just think that this whole thing we just need to get back to footy you All know right. no worries. it's too it, yep yep no keep going finish your sentence sorry mate yeah no look i mean i i just think the whole the whole footy i don't know whether there's money money's at the core of it all but why do we need all these theme rounds you know obviously if you play football uh, you know, I don't care whether you're gay, Muslim, straight or whatever. You play football, you enjoy it. You know, it, it's open to everyone already. Why do we have to go out on a limb and just... Yeah, it's just ridiculous. We never used to have this. We never used to have all these conflicts. It just used to be footy, go to the footy, go watch the reserves, go watch whatever you want. We didn't have to spell it out like this. It's just getting ridiculous, you know? Uh, no worries, Shane. Appreciate your call, mate. Let's get to the news. Uh, Dion and Julie to join us after this, JJ. Strong work from you again, Stone Cold. Another outstanding week. We're here for Robot Building Supplies. They've got it. And Berwick BMW pre-owned vehicles ready for immediate delivery. And don't forget the Rotoflex from Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Spoke to Malcolm Knox out of the 5 o'clock news. Terrific column in the age. Sydney Morning Herald kind of goes to what we've been living through as footy fans with Hawthorne and Essendon and Sydney United. Dion's in East Bentley. What do you want your footy club to be, Dion? Uh, I think that they do need to get involved in um, in social causes and uh, political causes. So polit- politics and social causes are are unavoidable. Um, when we say that sport is all about bringing people together, that's a social message, and that's kind of a political message as well. So. It's, it's inevitable. And I think for those who say that, you know, um, uh, that these people, whether it's uh, Thorburn or whether it's the, um, uh, the, uh, the the female footballer that you... Her name's Eureka. Yep, yep, yep. Yes, yes. I think for, for people to say that, you know, that, uh, that it's wrong to, to deal with the, the, the situation regarding their views, I think that that's wrong because... Um, the one thing that's most important is that everyone who's involved in sport does um, promote the, the cause, which is tolerance yeah. of, of everybody else. Yeah. yeah. So, so, yeah, 100%. So it, it's, it's unavoidable. And for, those, for people to say that, oh, you know, um, fans don't worry about uh, what these people think or what they do, sorry, but you know what? Kids do look up to, you know, players... Um, fans do look up to people with high profiles. They do. So it's real. It's it's absolutely important. They have a role to play in society. Does that go to why you reckon the individual players might have a bigger? Well, yes, because then you also don't run the risk of of uh, of an individual contradicting a club's view because the individual doesn't necessarily. 
not that they are against it, they just don't care that much for it. So that's why if you have people involved in whatever cause it is because they want to be involved, mm. then you're going to get more mm. out of it. It's, it's quite simple, isn't it? I, I don't disagree with that at all. Julie's in East Reservoir. Um, where are you coming at this one from, Julie? Uh, a happy and uh, proud Geelong supporter. Yep. And I'm, I've got two things to say. The first thing is I'm really happy for the AFL and clubs to be pro-Indigenous, pro-gay um, rights because the Indigenous have a really bad health, a um, whole lot of issues, high suicide rate in the gay community. This isn't just something flippant that they do. And if people are saying we're all the same, there's no issues, how many gay players are open in the AFL? None. That's a comment in itself. But my main point is with this guy from Essendon, everyone seems to forget he was running the NAB when they were taking money from people who were dead. He lost his job there. He was pointed out by one of the the commissioners during when they did the commission so they actually employed a guy who I don't think should have been there because of his business acumen and his history there. People are going on about the gay thing because that's something a lot of people want to run with. But let, let's look at his qualifications after having to leave the NAB in disgrace. And Essendon didn't realise that. So <laughs> Joe, I think they did a poor... Yeah, I think you, Joe Aston didn't miss him, Julie. If you read his column in the Finn Review and listen to no, him with the, he, he was That's something that people in the financial industry have um, probably spent more time focusing on than, than some of us in the sporting industry. And uh, if you want to read his mm. column from earlier in the week in the Finn Review, he was on... Just reading a... Sorry, I was no, just no. reading an Essendon story. That they Essendon is a story just Is this out. the Robbo, the, the sort of going? Yep. No, this is from Sam Landsberger right, yep. uh, via Superfooty. Uh, the Bombers admit mistake after paying NFL. So they've paid Michael Lombardi, who's an NFL uh, power broker, yeah, yeah. money to assess its football department but failed to present his findings to the board. So fired him but forgot to... Pass the findings on. Hang on. When did this happen? Like That's only just come out 17 minutes ago. But that, so that's happened in this wave of... Yeah, I haven't had a chance to read So Michael whole... Lombardi, who's a who's a famous yes. NFL yep. footy operative, has performed a range of different roles. Yep. As, uh, was employed by the Essendon Footy Club yes, to what? To, to assess its football department in 2019, so a little while ago. Okay but failed to ever formally present his findings to the club's board. So that's on the previous administration, not this one. So a little bit of a waste of money. Wouldn't have been cheap either, I don't imagine. Just just for anyone who wants to line up the current administration, that's on the administration <laughs> from 2019. John's in Keelor Park before we get to the break. Um, what do you want your footy club to be, John? Uh, look, I'd, I'd rather much prefer they stay out of politics altogether. I'd, you know, most of the time I just want to come and watch the footy with my son and not have to hear about anything. But I did have one thing to say, and it was uh, a previous caller said there was an issue with the leadership of Thornburn, that he couldn't do uh, two two gigs at two different things with opposing uh, and conflicting yep. uh, ideas. But, you know, if he was on the board of uh, a big four bank in the NAB, then why is it not okay for him to do the same thing in a similar role at Essendon? Because he became the chair. I think I've got this right. I think he, be, he became the chairman of the of the church after he'd been removed from the position at NAB. 
So one position of leadership followed the other, John. So I think when you – well, my reading of it is, you know, once you assume the position as the leader of an organisation as opposed to just being an individual member, which goes to why I don't think the Andrew Thorburn, Hanin, Zarika positions quite line up alongside one another. Once you become the leader of the organisation, you need to be um, – I think you need to – be a bit more inclusive of everybody as opposed to just living by your own individual um, positions. I, I think that's right, John. Hopefully that clears that one up for you. And hopefully I've got it right. 17 minutes to six. Let's get to a break. I'm going to ask you, JJ. Yep. We've got to the end of the first week. Now, with five days to go, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, before the trade period is finished. I want you to tell me, and it could be one, it could be none, one, two, three, four... Of the names, the big names that are out, who's going to be left hanging? Oh, Who's going to get to the end of this trade period and have no satisfactory resolution? Tail between the legs, yeah. back to the club. Based whether, yeah, based on what you've seen and what you're thinking and All right. what you're assessing on the way through. So we'll get the, that bit of crystal balling done on the other side of this. Okay, so, you know, the first week of trade period uh, comes to an all the first Monday to Friday of it. Coming yep. to an end. Yep. Uh, we've got technically three days to go. but Well, Saturday, things can get done over the weekend. Unofficially, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be. Uh, I, I wouldn't imagine the list managers will turn the phone off oh, over I, the weekend. Well, and also I'll tell you, who'd be filthy if let's say Jason Horn Francis gets done on at eleven o'clock on Sunday morning. Who do you reckon's filthy about that? Mm. The AFL. Mm. They want that done between uh, Monday to Friday when uh, the eyeballs and ears are at their. Well, so greatest. do we, don't we? Well, yeah, we do. So I'm going to ask you. Here we are now, uh, the first week down. Yep. And there's a lot of names and some real frontline names. There's still Jackson. There's still Lobb. There's still Horn France. There's still Dunkley. Uh, they're the ones we know of. Who's going to be left hanging come 7 o'clock or whenever we ring the bell on Wednesday night? Yep. Who's going to be left hanging? Uh, I tend to think I tend to think Ollie Henry will okay. still be at the pies. Yep. Agree or disagree and cast your own. We've got about three minutes here. So if you want to <laughs> if you want to play the game with the great man, feel free to get on the line. one 736 I tend to think I tend to think Asava Radigalia will stay. We'll we'll well, you know, we'll end up not moving, put it that way. Okay. And uh there was an I I I oh gee. I don't know if Josh Dunkley will, will get his wish. Mm. I think the dogs will have a lot of confidence because they've brought him back once and he's he's played in the grand final and then won a best and fairest. Yep. So I think they might have the, the confidence to say, oh, let's we know if we bring him back he'll play career best footy. So those three Horn Francis is Have you worked out in your own mind how it gets done? No, I haven't. I've also what I also haven't done is I I hope North aren't saying, let's just get whatever they eventually offer and just ship him off. You can't do that with a kid who no. has the sort of wraps on him that Horn Francis has. You can't do it. I don't think you can. Not not a kid who went one and, you know, has got all the um all the spruik of being and, a generational and talent. You and can't they're you, offering you can't. And have been offered five, six, and fifteen. That's right. So, so you know that. I got a feeling about Junior Rioli. I think West Coast. Uh, you believe what you're hearing they from want a player. Yeah, and they're and they're. I don't think they're happy with the fact that the request has been put in after 
you know, helping, yeah. you know, yeah. 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 all the work yeah. they did helping him. So um, the only thing there's a, I, I probably share, I don't know who had this view, but I agree with it. When you say, you know, West Coast, West Coast stood by him and does it, yeah, go on. that's, that's their job. Yeah, it is. That's what's expected. Yep. So you don't get a lot. You shouldn't really get grace or expect something back for doing what you should do. Sounds like they are. Well, they shouldn't be. Yeah, it's an interesting. I've heard that mm. that conversation had from both sides. But a bit of news coming through right at the very end of the day. Mitch Cleary reporting that Essendon has shown strong interest, and this goes to a conversation we had earlier about the Bombers and what they might need. Essendon has thrown, shown strong interest in Carlton midfielder Will Setterfield, oh. who remains out of contract with the Blues. Talks progress between the Bombers and the Setterfield camp, but it's one that's set to elevate over the weekend. Mm. So, and uh, a, a couple of others, Dow mm. and Crouch are still of interest too. I know mm. they're sort of back end situations, but yeah, those two. And I apologise for Jenkins, the horse being scratched. Yeah, you should have probably done your homework oh, on that. Well, I screenshot the market this morning. <laughs> Adam's in. And it's rained a little bit since. It has. Adam's in Torquay, last call of the uh, of the week for us. Fire away, mate. Uh, thanks, guys. Um, what I would like my club to be is exactly what it is. I'm absolutely wrapped with the Tigers. They've got the Indigenous yep. Foundation that does great work. Um, but they also let blokes like Akahuli have his foundation and Alex Rams have his school. Um, so I'm, I'm perfectly happy. Uh, let the players do, do what they want based on their beliefs. Uh, and they don't force anything down my throat and they support the community. I think it's wonderful. Well, you raise a really good point, Adam. I reckon it, the way Richmond have done it goes to the core of why they become such a great footy club. But they're, they're probably the club. best of both. So they're, they're really driven by the individuals involved in, mm. the, in those specific programs. And they've supported those individuals, mm. which goes to sort of what, well, not sort of, absolutely what you're talking about if individual players within the clubs hold some of this Passionate stuff. Passionate, yeah, and it will work. Yep. No, it makes it a great footy club. It's a really good note to finish on, Adam, uh, after what's been, you know, occasionally a, a pretty difficult couple of weeks to I'll get through. I'll see you Monday. You Five will. more days. Ah, you're looking forward to it. I know you are. Josh Jenkins. Brilliant.